let's just start off with a little bit of who you are and where you're at and what you're doing. We'll get to the book stuff, chapters three and four later. Uh, well, I'm Andrea Sawtell. Um, I live in Quincy, Massachusetts. I am a youth pastor at the Wollaston Church of the Nazarene, um, which is on the campus of Eastern Nazarene College. Uh, I've been here for about six years. I think I'm in my sixth year, but I've been doing youth ministry for, oh man, almost 18. Um, I was in Hagerstown, Maryland for almost 12 years, also doing youth ministry, um, like Western Maryland. So uh, we've, we've been up here doing youth ministry and then also working with college students. Um, I teach a couple, I teach the youth ministry classes at ENC, um, which is two of them. Um, and then also run our college service, which is called Remix that we have on Thursday nights. And uh, it's just a chance for college students to come out kind of a different setting. Um, and just recently, my title at my job got changed to pastor of uh, youth and young adults. So I'm actually like just getting started into like official young adult ministry, I guess, as part of my job title. So I'm kind of like fresh and it being official, I guess. I don't know, but I've been doing some young adult ministry. Um, I live up here with my family, with my husband. We just celebrated 20 years of marriage. So that's awesome. Good. Uh, we met at EMC, so we've stuck it out for a long time. Uh, he is awesome. He's a stay-at-home dad and really big supporter of ministry and coming alongside of me, which is great. And then we have two adopted children who are amazing. Uh, Baruch, is, he's my son. Um, he's going to turn nine this fall, so he's eight. Really big into sports, baseball, all sorts of things. Adopted from Ethiopia. And then my daughter, Madavi, who we call Maddie, she is adopted from India. She's turning six two days from now we are taking her to get her ears pierced today so today is a really big day um and they're they're a ton of fun so we love them both uh they love each other which is good and we have a dog named enzo and uh enzo is he's honorary i call him a discount dog because we didn't pay a lot of money for him and he's an honorary dog so yeah that's that's our family in a nutshell uh and our life up in quincy massachusetts so share a little bit about um a little bit more about remix and then i wanted to counterpoint you on something that you've been working with young adults for actually a really long time because you probably had young adult interns you've been investing in yes. teenagers become young adults and you stay connected with them you're teaching yes. on a college campus so they don't come at me with this mamby jamby about young adults being new to you <laughs> this is like natural territory for you it's just actually official now and a part yes. of the job description where you get paid the really, really big bucks True. to add it on as a volunteer True. role onto your paid position, probably. That's usually what happens. So yep. talk about Remix <laughs> a little bit and, and yeah. what's that all about. I'll figure out my headphone thing. Okay, sweet. Um, well, Remix is a service that we do for college students. Um, it, it was formerly known as Late Night. It used to be at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and then we smartened up a little bit and we moved it an hour earlier because we were all dying the next morning. So, um, but it's, we've been doing this. It, it actually has been kind of the highlight. I feel like for me, uh, just even over this last year, uh, but every Thursday night students come in and um, we just have like this low key worship time. Uh, it's like when you walk into the space, it's really dark. Um, it's 
you know, everybody kind of spreads themselves out up in our sanctuary. We have some lighting and stuff just to kind of give it a different, like feel a different vibe than like a typical Sunday morning. Um, we try to like create, we've tried to create like a welcoming space. That's, that is our goal is like, we want anybody to come in uh, to our space and just to feel welcomed and to feel loved. Um, you know, on our campus here, we have a lot of students here uh, that don't identify like as having a relationship with Christ um, and come from a lot of different walks of life. And uh, we are definitely in a post-Christian world up in Boston. It's, it's a different setting, unlike anything I've been in before. Um, and so our goal as a team has been to create the space where kids can come in no matter where they are in their faith journey, um, you know, have, have a chance to encounter God, worship God. Uh, and then I share a message that is usually brief. I try to be relevant um, to something that will relate to where our students are at, uh, but like in a non-threatening sort of way. Um, and then when they leave, we send them with food, which we used to serve food, which was like a big draw to what we were doing. Um, but then COVID happened and, you know, there were rules on campus for a while. So we invite people from the church to make some kind of like homemade snack of some sort that we send them back to their dorm rooms uh, with. And we've seen like, I mean, it's it, the majority is college students that come, but we've also seen uh, our graduate students that are a part of, we have a lot of graduate students at ENC um, and we've seen them both like plug in to like come and be a part of that service. Uh, and then also, um, we have a lot of them that have chosen to serve uh, as part of our ministry. And so I really tried to recruit a team of people um, that would, you know, lead worship, that would help us set up, that would serve food at the end, that would just be a presence with students. Um, and that for me has been like working, working alongside of that team, which happens to be mostly young adults, uh, again, post-college young adults has been like the highlight for me um, and just, you know, journeying with them, uh, you know, praying together, figuring out how do we best reach these students. Um, but it's, it's also like really low key. Like it's not, there's, there's prep involved for it, but we try to take like the hype away. We try to take, um, you know, everything being like boxed in, like we try to take all of that way and have it be stripped down that, so that when you walk in um, again, it's just, like we're trying to shoot for this welcoming environment. In fact, our kind of our theme for Remix in general is uh, come, be loved, be new. Um, and so we taught on those themes this past year, this idea that like you can come as you are, Jesus invites you to come as you are. We want to love on you. Jesus has love for you. And then when they're ready to get to a place uh, in their life that, you know, he is all about making us new um, and giving us purpose and passion and, so that's, that's our goal with that. Um, you also mentioned, I, I do have a lot of interns and work with a lot of college students. So right. most of my interns are college students like in their junior or senior year. Um, I've had at least one or two uh, each year that I've been here. And so um, honestly, like the older that I get in youth ministry, it's really cool to be able to plug in and pour into our young adults that are then pouring into our students. Um, so I have a great team. They are all MIA right now during the summertime, which is not yeah. helpful for me. Um, but during the school year, I mean, like anybody would die to have the team of people that uh, I have here. And I'm just like, I feel really blessed by that. Um, I love to hand stuff over to them and let them lead and serve. And it's, I mean, by far the highlight, 
the highlight of what I'm doing is pouring into young adults that can pour into students. So right. it's, yeah, that's a really, really cool thing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing about that. Um, I'm the only one that probably cares about this and, and I'm going to go here anyway, but I'm just retracing the steps of how you and I like met each other. And the other day when we were talking, I think we, we pinpointed it as, I think it was the fall of 2014 and I was just starting up in the relaunch of youth and mission and we were in Indianapolis at Shepherd Community Center which ironically I'm working at now like directly now with with Jay Height there remotely full-time which is fun and awesome and new adventure um awesome. he would tell you COVID COVID made that uh, a possibility just that people would have imagination around like working remotely um but now I'm having a conversation with you again as I'm starting in a new role, like with, with Shepard, but as a part of the YAMCast that was like, it was launched pre-COVID. Um, and I was just talking with Jeremy Hyde and Chris Bean just about being passionate about young adult stuff and where the conversations of this happening within the Nazarene church on the USA Canada region. And like, I just needed to have this conversation like you and I are having now. Um, so, but a, I was already reaching out to other youth, uh, youth workers and young adults, uh, young adult leaders who are doing stuff with young adults and young adults. Um, but you've been hanging in there with me a long time. And I've been coming at you with a bunch of different stuff over the years of like, Hey, let's do this. Let's partner in that. And you're still showing up like on a screen with me and like, haven't, haven't just been like, Kenny, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it anymore. <laughs> so thank you. Um, but it was, it, it. It, it was in Shepherd 2014, and um, we brought in a bunch of different youth leaders from different um, fields in the Nazarene Church from USA Canada to just talk about missions and young adult um, ministry and kind of what it looks like and youth ministry. And am I remembering right that you served in youth and mission? I did. Back yeah. in the 90s? Uh, 2000. 2000 okay 2000, yeah and it was and, and remind me where i think i remember but where it was australia and see, which i think is, was our section this is this is the bond that i feel with you with like yes. youth and mission and australia yes. and did you travel around australia with youth and mission or were you in one place no i was pretty much in one place we were in a place called Biron, which yeah. is outside of sydney yep um although we there were like 25 people that went and they all went to different locations in australia so yeah and then that was like yeah. the central location. So okay. yeah, there were twenty five awesome. people with twenty five people with Youth and Mission that went to multiple different locations in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, my team was four people, and then all the other teams went like you know, it was teams of four or five throughout Australia. So See, which is awesome. That was that was young adult ministry. That is young adult ministry. Those things echo into our lives today of how we were shaped yeah. as young adults and doing those things. And I think as, as a denomination, as local district church, I think we're so capable and field regional, we're so capable and have the networks and all the pieces in to put it together in a certain way to be able to do those types of things. Um, We're just, we're just not doing it. It's not, it's not like, I I think we should, we decentralize it and then we just kind of work on it and do it, do it together. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. It's kind of what I get to do with, with Shepard in, in a way. Um, so we go back really to 2014, but we have some mutual experiences that go back farther. Do you remember anybody's name from Australia? Do you, do you remember any of the folks you hung out with? I'll put you on the spot. 
Yeah, I mean, one of she has now since passed, but Belinda Alder was oh, she's uh, a legend. My yeah, my best friend for the summer. Um, wow. She was awesome, uh, and she she passed of cancer. But that summer, I mean, that summer was so huge for me. It was like such a leap of faith to go, you know, all the way around the world yep. by myself. I really didn't know anybody. My three team members were from I think SNU, um, and I mean that like that was just such a huge thing. And so when I met her, her father had, I think had been in that area before and then had gone uh, over to the college or university or something. Yep, and Brisbane. she had stayed back at, yep. that, at that church. And so, yeah, we became really close. She, I got married the next summer and she was like, I'm coming to your wedding. And she showed up at my wedding in the States. <laughs> so- Are you which, kidding me? Yeah, her and she had a best friend named Melinda. Yep. Uh, whose last name I don't remember. I've met um, both of them. Yeah, they were amazing. So yeah. um, they were just, yeah, great, great people. I traveled um, with JP Van Dalsum, yep. uh, who is now in Nashville doing ministry, and a guy named Gary Smith. Uh, they were great people. Um, another girl named Heather. I mean, it was just, that summer was awesome. It was it was an amazing summer. So, and very shaping and formative for me in my life. So, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, um We've stayed in touch over the years. That was kind of the 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 origin point of friendship between us. But I've just really appreciated um, every time I've been around you. Just <clears throat> you're you get stuff done, and you grind, and you're creative. Um, your husband's pretty cool too, and we don't know each other really well. But somehow, when we get around each other, I feel like we're like best buddies, and so that's fine. <laughs> that's cool. Um, you guys are doing awesome. I, I, I feel like he says like, he's like, who are you on the phone? And I'm like, Kenny, Kenny, wait, Kenny, Kenny. Yeah, like we don't, we don't know each other except no. through you. He just, only... knows you took, he just knows you took him to coffee once. So, okay. well, that's, I mean, and, and let's do that again. Let's, let's do that as soon as we can for sure. Um, yeah. So we've kind of traversed these last seven years and here we are, and we're both um, involved in youth ministry we're both involved in young adult ministry on the phone. We talked about how you spoke at the, at, at a camp or yeah. a retreat. No, it was a camp for the very first time, Yeah, which was yeah. surprising to me. And if anybody's listening to this live now, or anybody's listening to this later on as a podcast, you need to invite Andrea out, like do it and then pray about it. That's my recommendation. Um, not because she isn't awesome, but because she is awesome and have Andrea speak where, you know, in person, virtually, like how, however, because um, as the conversation goes today, you'll see um, just what an amazing um, mind she has uh, for ministry and creativity and um, just the thinker that she is, um, but mostly just relational. You're, I count you as a friend. You're kind of stuck with me. I'm sorry. I'm right. No, I'm right back at you. I count yeah. you as a friend somebody that I can like co-labor with in ministry and I can bounce stuff off of and we can partner in, in, in things. I feel like I come to you a lot more with like, Hey, Andrea, uh, I need some help with something. Or do you got some people you can suggest to follow up with? Um, I need you a lot more than, than you need me, but Hey, I'm here for you. I'm it's rocking mutual. out. It's mutual. Okay. I'm out here in Idaho, just rocking it and we can get anywhere we need to with, with uh, the interweb. So, um, Hey, I'm ready to get into this conversation on the book. If if you are, I appreciate yeah. you taking time to to dig into it and and read into it. You know, Jeremy and Chris and I, we 
we have our monthly um, Yamcast session that we do together and our little liturgy, little outline that we kind of work through. And we're not trying to read the book to people. I like my MO with it is like, I make highlights. And then out of the highlights, I share about that. And then we kind of, you know, we kind of jazz or riff or like, you know, freestyle from there. And so that's kind of what I'm expecting and kind of hoping today with, with you from you. It's just as you've read these couple of chapters, three and four, Beth Severson's book, Not Done Yet, just what's what stood out to you? What have you found helpful or interesting? Um, where would you push back on? Like, we want to have a robust conversation. Um, you know, nobody's, nobody's looking to troll anybody uh, on anything. But just like if we agree or disagree either of the book or with each other, like, let's have that conversation, too, because we're brothers and sisters in Christ and we can. And we need, right. to, we need to have more than that. So I'm not going to create a problem where there isn't one. But if you've got a problem with something, let's hear it, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So where do you want to start at with chapter three here? Like inviting um, is the title, No Need to Believe to Come to Church is the subtitle. Where do we go from here, Andrea? Well, so, okay, I, gotta, I have to give a little bit of background on one other thing. Jumping into this book, um, I, I was a part of, uh, for two years, I was a part of this cohort through Fuller Youth Institute. Yeah. Um, and it was in conjunction with Fuller Youth Institute and Fuller Seminary. Uh, but it was this thing called Maya, which was ministry innovation with young adults. I have to look that up every single with. time. I like with that. Young adults. Um, and so I spent two years uh, and like doing two separate cohorts where we did these experiments with young adults ages 23 to 30. Um, and Fuller like funded it. Uh, our church, our church got chosen for it. And so we picked a team of four for the first year and then picked another team of four the second year. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'll just say like resource wise, like the things that I learned out of that and the things that like it, it taught me about just like sitting with young adults and like mm. listening, like doing yeah. a lot of listening and, you know, what it means to empathize and like, you know, that, that helped because as I was reading this book, um, First of all, it's really, it's, I'm not done the book. I'm, I'm reading in process of reading the book. Sure. Uh, it is an easy read. And I think the stuff that she's saying in it, it's very similar to some of what we took out of that experience too, uh, as being part of that cohort. And so um, for me, like, I mean, just first off the bat, and I'm not sure which churches she like, what by she, this Beth Severson, yep. if I'm saying her last name right. Yep. I don't know what churches, like, I haven't done research to see what churches she was uh, looking at, but I just was like, I was first and foremost encouraged by her findings. Um, and I just, I don't know, I'm always looking at the church, like saying, I feel like the church, and when I say the church, I am not just like, like, uh, uh, sing, singling out like my particular church I'm saying like church universal the church we have such a long ways to go um and so when I look at church and like I, I just like like I just want us to like do a good job you yeah. know like I want us to, I don't want young adults walking away from the church and I mean every book we read it's like statistically speaking telling us that and so I just like first and foremost appreciate her pointing out, like she calls them bright spot churches, which um, I am all about using the term bright spots when it comes to ministry, because I just feel like you can get caught up in what everybody's not doing and miss out on the things that are happening. Cause like God is always at work and he's always like creating and recreating and like doing all this great stuff, but we get wrapped up in like what's not happening. And so I just, I mean, 
before we get into this chapter three and four, like, I just like, I feel like this is hopeful. Um, and the honestly, like, it, it's, it's like, it's intentionality that matters in what we do as a church. Um, but it's not hard stuff. It's just like being intentional and right. being willing uh, to take risks. And I think because we were a part of this cohort, you know, these, um, you know, it was not last year, it was the two years prior to that. Like one of the biggest things was who, like, where are the churches that are willing to risk and step out and do something different? And yeah. um, so I would just say on some of this stuff, like, I think we have to be willing to be risk takers. Um, and I don't know, to really come alongside of young adults to listen and to hear them. And I just feel like she like echoed that in the first four chapters I read of like, yes, if we would do this, we would see the change that we were hoping, but I'm not sure churches are always willing to do it. So yeah. Yeah. So that's just like first initial thought. Well, it's, it's hopeful to me to hear somebody coming at it from a different angle. And that's and been a part of like a formal cohort digging into it, both academically and relationally that a book that, you know, um, Chris picked out and it's, it's printed through InterVarsity, which Chris is on staff with, uh, Chris Bean in Cincinnati. And uh, you know Chris, don't you? I don't think I've met him. You guys have never met? Probably you know, not. Do you, I don't know know Jeremy, do you know Jeremy Height? I think maybe I've met him. Yeah. We're going to change all this. This is, <laughs> this is all going to happen. Um, but, you know, our, I think one of our hope forward outcomes with the MCAS, too, is that people will be inspired to kind of create their own cohorts, informal cohorts of conversation, whether it's with local leaders or district leaders or just friends they have, you know, in a different state or different parts of the world. But that's one of the things I'm, I'm kind of chipping away at right now is creating these little cohorts of people at multiple different levels of conversations of, of proximity and distance and, and young adults and young, you know, um, young adult leaders which sometimes are young adults and sometimes yeah. they're not young adults like me, um, like us, like um, us, us yeah. I'm like, tw I'm like two 22 year olds, Andrea, you know, that's, that's well, what, I, that's what I'm bringing to the table. I'm 41. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we're not that far apart. a couple of young adults. Yeah. So, um, I, I hope that people hear things like you can do it. Like you can, what Andrea and I are doing right now, two friends, Boise and Boston, having a conversation about young adults and learning from each other. Like we've been doing this for seven years now on and off in different ways. Yeah. Um, we don't do it every week. We don't do it every month. Um, maybe at least once a year, maybe. Um, <laughs> but we need this. I need this. And I need this with lots of different conversations with people from different perspectives. So um, it's just hopeful for me to hear you say, Hey, I was a part of something with Fuller. And this is, this is in line with that. This is, this is right on with that. And there's some, some things to glean here. So talk to us about that. Talk to us what, what came out of the, the chapter um, three here on inviting for you. Yeah. I mean, I think number one, and this is just like a, a major like checkpoint for me too. I, and I will say up front, like I didn't, there wasn't a lot, lot in there that like I strongly disagreed with or anything, but I just, I wrote down, wrote some notes and it said, when we are enthusiastic about our church and our faith, other people want to know why. And I just started thinking like, how many people walk out of their church enthusiastic, not just about like their relationship with Christ, but also about what their church is doing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how that 
I think that's a checkpoint to ask, like, what are you, what are you excited about that your church is a part of? Um, what are you, what are you inviting people into? Um, and like, you know, that, I think the church can, I think, again, if we're not willing to take risks and try new things, then we kind of get into this stale, like just going through the motions, like we're showing up every Sunday or whatever night your church is at, your church is on. Um, but like, are we really walking away super enthusiastic? And I think honestly, like, you know, while Remix, our Remix service was uh, geared towards college students. So that's, that's a little like, I know young adult is, and a lot of the stuff that's written is kind of written post-college. But I just like remember like getting home from those services each Thursday night and like being hyped, like not being able to sleep because I was just like excited to be together with people and excited about what God was doing and, and just like being in that space. And I think that that's, that becomes cont contagious for others, right? It's like why people continue to show up. Um, and so I think that's a, just a really good question to ask like ourselves on staff at our churches um, as attenders of our churches, like you know, are we walking away like super enthusiastic, like that other people would want to like, you know, it's like kind of like telling somebody about a trip that you went on um, or something that you did and you're like, you got to try this. This is awesome. Um, and if the answer is no to that, like, then what needs to change about it? You know, what, what, what is it that needs to change where, um, where, you know, you can make it this place that people are excited. And I think, what what's hard um because i think there's a lot i think there's a lot of like a lot of back and forth on like how much hype do you put into a service right so you've got the people that are all like and it, there's two sides of the camp like we've got to have the flashiness we've got to have the relevancy we've got to have like the bigness of things and then people saying like that's not you know that's not that's not relevant but this this girl beth is saying like weekend services your main service is the main entrance for young adults um, and if that's true, then like, what, what is it that our weekend service, or our main service, like, how does it scream young adults, you're welcome here, um, through our language, through our setting, um, through the stories that we're telling, through, uh, the, like, the things that we're speaking about, like, I don't know, that for me is like, because I think people argue that. I think some people think it's not the main service, but I do think that's an entry. And what she's saying that she found is like, that is the main entry point in. Um, and I, I that, that's yeah, some my, evaluation. My observation with, with my local church anyway, is that young, young adults that maybe have been a part of the youth group in the past, um, they might still uh, be around with their parents if their parents were part of the church or if they just made a relational connection outside of their family, they may have still be connected to the church, but the time that they're coming is the morning worship gathering. It's the main worship gathering of the week where there's the teaching and, and the singing and the sacraments. And there's the, the, there's just kind of that larger um, tipping point of, of, of participation so that there's a gathering and people are drawn to it. And I want to do that. And so I, I, um, I, I agree with you, but I, I think if we put the, and I don't hear you saying this, but if, if we put the emphasis on the, the production and the polish, mm -hmm. um, what that does in my life is edge out space during the majority of the week that I'm focused on that for this little bit of time on Sunday or Saturday or whenever 
that I'm not spending in relationship and being present with and being present to and journeying with because I'm getting ready to produce the thing and offer the religious right. goods and services that are probably, you know, going to be amazing. But young adults, I mean, a bright spot church can be a big church or a small church and they yes. don't have to have a production thing. I think, I mean, I think the essence of what she's talking about is, is relationship. And I think that's what you're saying too, yeah. but there's got to be that, there's got to be that initial connection point. And my guess would be most churches, young adults, they're slipping in and out, even if you don't know that they're there with family or maybe, maybe on their own or with some friends on Sunday morning in the main worship gathering of whenever that is for, for your church. So I think it's a good observation that you're asking. And I have to ask myself, what am I walking away with? What am I super enthusiastic about? Sometimes I'm not. Right. But, but if, if I come at it as a consumer, of course, I'm not going to be, what is going to be good enough as a consumer? If it's about relationship. Yeah. Um, and if it's about how I'm contributing, not just to the, the Sunday gathering, but in my community, which she gets into in this chapter about being engaging in, in your community. Yeah. So well, I'm just interacting with what, what kind of, yeah. kind of you're, you're, you're saying and, and going with it. Well, and I think too, I mean, that, that, that relationship piece of it too, is like, it's the serving alongside of each other. It's being excited as a team about like what you're coming at. Like it's, it's all of those different elements. And I feel like, I feel like the best place that I experienced that for us was like that Thursday night service was even working alongside of a team. And it was like, there, there's, there's no perfection that's needed, but you're creating something that you know when somebody walks into it, they feel welcome, they feel loved. Um, and that relationship, I mean, I think in, in a lot of places, one of the stories she, I don't remember if it was in chapter three or four, but she told told a story uh, about a friend that had walked into a church and like for like three or four weeks, a 22, 23 year old walked into a church and like nobody said anything to them, you know, for, and I think about even just that, just having eyes to say like, are we welcoming beyond just the door to say, you know, hey, like welcome to church. And then that's it, that, that there's so many people that are longing for that relationship. But I think in order for, because she talks a lot too about the personal invite of you know, people aren't going to come because you set up some program right. or because, you know, you put on, you, you put somewhere out there, like we have this hype service, like people aren't going to just come. It's going to come from this personal invite. But if we're expecting for our young adults to invite their friends to our main service, then we've got to be like sitting alongside of our young adults and asking them, what do you think your friend would be looking for? Yeah. What would create that space that they would even feel comfortable uh, to come in because I think a lot, a lot of our, a lot of our young adults are definitely not in a place where, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not necessarily believing what we're throwing out there. Um, and so that idea, she talks a lot about that too, that idea of like, you don't have to believe to come, like you can just right. come and like discover, or you can come and connect. And then somewhere down the line, belief hopefully starts to take root and, and, you know, so I just, I mean, we, I think you have to sit with young adults to even know and understand what it is that they're searching for yeah, and exactly. they're needing. Um, and it's not always the flashiness. It's not always, uh, you know, the, the nice buildings or, you know, it's, it's different things, but I think to get there, you have to sit with them to understand that. Totally. Um, I'm, I default to passion over polish. 
And I, I heard that comparison someplace. I probably read it in an email, you know, subscription thing that I'm a part of of somebody that's just some stellar guru in church ministry or something, but passion versus polish. And I, I'm not throwing away polish and excellence and striving for the best that we can do, but how's that going for you? You know, like, how does that always work out? Tell me one time you've made a plan and it's gone exactly the way it was supposed to. And if that was the point, why is that the point? Like for me, the point is relationship and, and relationship with Christ relationship with others. That seems to be the, the, the boil down essence of, of, of the gospel. Um, And so I, man, I would much rather have produced a network of, of people intergenerationally that, you know, have a keen sense of what young adults are coming and going and, right. and have I greeted them? Have I interacted with them? How can I, how can I, you know, encourage them? There's a, there's a couple, an older couple, senior adult couple, part of our church. Um, and many years ago, uh, well, not that many years ago, it was with my daughter and she's going to be a senior in, in at NNU now, but she's, tw- she's going to be 21 this month. And when she was in high school, we did a Thanksgiving um, dinner uh, with the youth group where they um, uh, invited like people of all different ages from the church to come in. And there was this one couple that I've, I've known all the years that we've been a part of our church since 2005. And they just happened to sit near my kids. And in that conversation that happened around, you know, this big table Thanksgiving meal with the youth group and, and all these folks this lady bonded with my daughter and I didn't even know about it till later. And she went off to college and she sends her like Starbucks cards and like little gift cards and notes and stuff throughout the year. And there was no program. Nobody set that up. She's just uh, a senior adult, had a relational connection, spent some time with, with uh, a teenager that, you know, grew to become a young adult as they do. Um, and then they've, con- they've continued it. That's awesome. And, I, but if I tried to make that happen, yeah. it just becomes a program and, and, and you kind of ruin it. But what can I do locally? And I'm wondering, what do you do locally so that, you know, with what you're talking about, about keeping an eye out for young adults and how to connect them and hospitality and stuff, kind of below the surface of what is seen up front and what is programmed, what does that look like for you guys locally? Yeah, I mean, I think especially around here because it's on a college campus. Like, so I, I told you we have a lot of grad assistants. Um, I think, I think some of our people are good at hosting like kids for dinner. Um, I know. And again, mine is, mine is more of like the college college age, but at our house, like every Wednesday night, we open up our house and we have a thing called spaghetti Wednesday. And we're like, whatever, any college students that want to come, you can come. And we literally give them a very measly bowl of spaghetti it's very small and they keep inviting their friends because we just like we don't clean up our house like I mean we clean it but you know it's not like we're not trying to like perfect anything in there um sometimes we have it in our backyard and we're just like bring your friends and we try to create like a low-key like low maintenance dinner setting together to say like you can stay for half an hour you can stay for an hour you can stay for an hour and a half but this is we're just going to open up our house Um, And so I think some things like that um, are helpful. And for our people, I think it's helpful in our church, uh, you know, for people to understand, like, you don't have to have everything perfectly placed out. So I just had uh, somebody come to me that was like, we want to host 
you know, we want to host young adults in our backyards, post-college age. Like we're thinking 23 to 30, um, like, you know, would there be somebody that would come and maybe like, I don't know, like we could host our house, we could have our house open to them, but maybe somebody else could do like a devotional or something like that. And I'm like, I just encourage her. I was like, just have them to your house. Just have them to your house. You don't need anything. Just have them to your house. Like at this point, it's midsummer. So she created this email, sent it out. And tomorrow night, she's like opened up their backyard for like a bonfire and food. I don't know what they're going to do. Are these for graduate students? These are for, these are for post-college students. So they're aiming for like ages 23 to 30. But an email um, worked. Like they, they got an email and read it and they're going to show up. She said that she had people that RSVP'd. So we went That's through cool. our list. Um, you know, she, we sent it out for her. Uh, I have no idea who's going to be there, but she, she sent me a thing like yesterday or the day before I was like, can you send out a reminder? I was like, yeah, I can do that for you. She's like two more people just RSVP'd. Um, and I know that family and know they're great at hospitality. They're great at hosting. And I think it's just sometimes taking off like, um, this like filter of it needing to be like this perfect space. You know, my, ha my house isn't clean. I don't have like a program. I don't, I don't, what are we going to do? And just say, Hey, just open it up. Like I find that young adults just want to do life together. And like, they want somebody that will listen to them um, and sit with them in that. Uh, one of the things that we did in our church, when we were doing this um, cohort with Fuller, we had to do a couple different experiments that we focused our time on. Yeah. And we hosted something at our church called Hospitality University. And it basically was a four week, um, we did it, I think during our small group time, uh, a four week, like class, small group, where we just worked through what it means to be like, to practice biblical hospitality. Um, and some of the things that we learned in our cohort, we kind of like used in that setting. Um, but one of the things that I found was most meaningful uh, because you're talking about this intergenerational, you know, this idea of like, I think, I think we forget how powerful intergenerational ministry is. Right. Um, and maybe that we, maybe that we think young people don't want to be around older people or older people don't want to be around younger people. And I think sometimes it's just like, Maybe they just don't know that they, that they want to be, but once it happens, then there's yeah. this cool kind of magic that kind of sparks and you can't make it happen. You just got to like put the ingredients together and kind of see what bakes out. So we, so yeah, we, well, these people that came to the class, we had like, I think 25 or 30 people that showed up for this class each Sunday. Um, and we, we, our cohort was like two young adults and two older adults. That was who, who was on our team. And one of the things they had us practice, and then we did this with, we, we basically paired an older adult with like a young adult, and we had them sit together and talk about an experience where they felt like they didn't belong. And they had three minutes to talk about that experience where the other person couldn't say anything. They just had to listen for three minutes straight. So it was like, I, I remember doing this the first time, and I like just when you're like actively listening and empathizing with that person and not saying a word, it, it was very moving. Wow. Um, and it like, it was both times I did it. I felt like very, like it was, it like sparked emotions in me uh, over that situation of like just listening. And then you, you flip flop. And so it's the young adult sharing with the older adult and it's the older adult sharing with the young adult. Um, and there was a lot of power in, even just realizing like in those moments, like, you know, we talked about what it means to empathize with somebody. Um, you know, you're not looking to like solve their problem. You're not, 
you're actually listening, like actively listening and not, not listening in a way where you're thinking about what's the next thing you're going to say, but it's just active listening. And for our people, like that was a game changer at that moment for them. Um, we were hoping that that would be something they would carry into like their Sunday morning interactions, um, you know, with, with a young adult. Um, that didn't happen quite as good. <laughs> uh, the moments where we were together doing that were awesome and really powerful. But I think people on a Sunday morning have a hard time figuring out how do you get past the hello, um, you know, in a church. And I think we have to kind of create spaces where that can happen. So I think we have a long ways to go with that. Mm. That's yeah, just, hospitality whole, university. Is that something that Fuller developed or is that a, a program that adopted? That's something Wally developed. Like that was our experiment. Oh. Yeah. You guys so, came up with that idea, the the ingredients yes. of that idea. Yes. Yep. And then we we kind of created hospitality teams at that point for that year. We created hospitality teams that were intergenerational where they were like serving alongside of each other. Yeah. Um, but some of the sustainability, like there's lots that could be said about that. We have a long ways to go with that but there were some cool things that i think came out um i think that ability to listen to one another uh i think that was a really really like that was a win for that um yeah so i think i think if we could if we could that's part of the welcoming piece i mean like she's talking about welcoming in chapter chapter four i think that's yeah. part of like helping people to feel like they belong and that they're heard um I just, I think we have to be intentional about the spaces we create inside of the church in order for that to happen, like whether it's inside the church or it's outside of the church. So, yeah, or as, as the church and, and in the community, you know, um, I was just talking with, with my friend, Stuart Williams up, up in Calgary yesterday. And we were, we were talking about being like how we have this such individualistic view of church sometimes where even in going to church, we're a collection of individuals that have the right to go to church and to gather in person. And, and it's, then it's just easy to go out and just be an individual in the community. Um, but if we have an us mentality as we gather and we can, we continue with it being the church and us mentality as we go into the community, then, you know, with, with like her phrase about extending invitations and offering radical hospitality, um, I'm beginning to understand, and this comes from talking with Chris Bean in our last YAMCast session with, with Chris and Jeremy, just radical hospitality in chapter four. It's radical hospitality is beginning to mean to me something that's going to probably be super inconvenient for me. Yes. But is, but, but is, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I'm, I'm dealing with that because I just want to do the things that are easy for me to do and just kind of flow with life and not have to like, go out of my way to extend hospitality but i don't maybe one of the ways i try to do that is we've been asked a couple times over the summer there's people in the church that have needed to move and there's people that organize it but i've offered myself up as tribute and then and then ask my 15 year old son who um has has time and availability this summer will you go do this with me and do you think that like helping somebody move do you think that that's a way of showing I don't know if it's radical, but like hospitality out in the community um, as being the church is, is, is that that, or am I just trying to find a place where I'm already doing it that, that fits the description? No, I think that's, I think that definitely is. I mean, I think it's coming, 
I think it's getting outside of the church walls and figuring out where people are and being the church. I mean, that's probably a phrase that's used a lot. We can't say it enough. We need, because we need to do it. We're not, I'm not doing it like all, all the time. Like I need to be. Yes. I mean, I, I think that that's, um, you know, we, I think that's been harder for us here uh, in Boston because this is a really like, this culture is not super inviting. Um, and it's, it's a little like people have a lot of walls up, a lot of barriers. Uh, it's, you know, when we first moved here, my husband and I are like, we talked to the people at the coffee joint, you know, we're like, Oh, what's your name? You know, that was what we were used to. Um, and here people are like, sometimes they'll give you the middle finger. I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's a different culture. Like you have to really, you have to break some of those walls down. And then we live, um, we live in, in our community. It's, a highly Asian population, like probably, I would, I mean, I'm going to venture to say maybe 60 to 70%. Um, and it, it's just, it's a, di- it's a, it's a different demographic that I haven't learned enough about to even know, like, what does it look like to be hospitable um, among, among like that type of culture? Like, what is, what is the, what does hospitality look like in the Asian culture? Like a lot of people that have moved here have moved uh, from outside of the U S and, so our neighbors uh, are, are like look different than us, practice life different than us. And I think like, you know, what is what, that question? Like, what does radical hospitality look like even on my own street, you know, among my neighbors? And I'm, I think in order to know that you have to get close enough to them to understand who they are, um, yeah. what their passions are, what, and maybe you're going to find that out by helping somebody move, you know, move their stuff in or dropping something off at their house. I don't know, but that is an inconvenience for us, I think a lot. Um, but if we want to really, and I, in the church world, I mean, my world is church all the time. It is so easy to get wrapped up in like the to-dos of church mm-hmm. and totally miss out. Um, I, I'll i tell you this, I, This can I tell you a story? That, of that happens? course, that's why we're doing this. Um, this wasn't with young adults, it was just- my youth group in Hagerstown, uh, but we had a pizza place down the street from us that was on the same road as our as our uh, house. I mean, as our house and our church. I lived in the parsonage. Um, and when we first moved there, we were kind of like looking for a hangout spot with the youth group. I was like 22 years old, 23 years old. We're like, we're going to go to this place, this Rockies pizza place. You know, it's across from the community. There was a community college on the same street, which I ended up coaching volleyball at, like just like all these connections. And so every Wednesday night after youth group, we would pour into this pizza place. And at first, like, I don't think they loved that there were a bunch of teenagers in there, but we just started like doing stuff for the pizza place. So there was this, there was this guy named Patrick there um, who had had a really tough life. And I said, we're like, this is like a couple years in, like, we just kept going, kept going, you know, bringing our stuff. So let's throw Patrick a Patrick appreciation party, like just for the heck of it. It's not his birthday or anything. Like, let's just throw him a party. So we brought like balloons, gifts, all this stuff. Um, and we just, that's kind of how we did life in this pizza place. Mm. And the relationships that we built with like these workers who I think at first were kind of like, what the heck are you doing in here? Moved to this like place where we like learned to do community together. And he actually eventually came, um, (laughs) he came once to hear me preach at the church down the street, but we became friends with him and like, just, I don't know, did life. And I think that picture, like I have not figured out how you do that here in Boston. That felt easy to me there, but the culture here is so private and different that like, I don't know, that's, that's a picture of what I think it looks like to be like, to practice radical hospitality among your community. 
but I'm not sure I figured it out here, like what that looks like, because it's such a different setting and it's a harder setting for me. So one of the, one of the things that, that I try with, you know, if, if I, if I try to go about planning intentional radical hospitality, like, is it, I mean, I, I want to be, I want to be intentional with welcoming people, but in, in my estimation, if it's going to be radical, like it's probably spontaneous and it wasn't something I was planning for. And I like, it was, it was a perfume jar that was broken open and should have been sold so that the poor could be fed. And instead it was, you know, I'm sure somebody got a headache. I would have got a headache in that room with Jesus and this lady and the disciples and they're, you know, crowded in to eat and perfume gets broken. It's like, man, who dropped the potpourri jar, you know? Um, here, here's what I'm wondering. I'm just kind of floating this idea to you. Um, with it's kind of an adaptation of something else that I try with with my neighbors here. I've gotten to know my neighbors over the years that we've lived in this neighborhood because I don't buy things that I need. I borrow them, mm. and so I become I become in debt to my neighbors for something that I that I needed from them to to like trim my shrubs in front of my house before family comes to visit because they care about that and I don't um or uh you know there's um uh, an air compressor or just a particular tool that's like I don't have it I don't need it most of the time but I wonder if one of my neighbors does it's got these tool chests in there and I've gotten to know my my, my neighbors that way so I'm wondering about radical hospitality if the way for me to practice it to figure out how to practice it in with the church in the church is for me to find places in my community where I'm the guest. Yes. Where I have to be in in a in where I choose to be in a posture of I don't know what's going on here. I'm right. not comfortable here. This isn't really my scene. I'm not sure how this works. And then in the process of doing that, experience hospitality from others. Yep. To to glean one like new friends and secondly like insights on what it means to practice radical hospitality as, as a church, because I mean, if I do the Starbucks model, like there's books written about, then I just end up where I'm at already forgetting people's names and writing the wrong names on their cups right. um, to, to give to them and thinking that I had the right name with a smile. Um, so I'm wondering about maybe the way to practice how to like is to take a step back to practice radical hospitality and go find places in my community where I have to be a guest and I that's not something that I naturally gravitate towards but it seems like it would be a way to practice it yeah yeah what do you think yeah I mean a hundred percent yeah and I think that it takes us it's funny because um the the when I walk home past my neighbors like are we live on this I call it Mayberry Street because everybody knows everybody um my husband who's very outgoing I mean I think I'm outgoing but he's like he has me topped he can make friends with the wall um he knows everyone on our block and he's constantly he stays at home with our kids uh and so he's stayed at home stay at home dad uh he's really good at doing that stuff and I watch and like he has a relationship with our neighbors that I feel like sometimes when I'm walking home from church and I'm like stressed out and like I'm like oh I don't want to deal with people anymore and I walk walk by them like that's how he does his life. And I can see the results of the relationships that he has that like, I'm not always willing after a hard day to do. And so I think you're right. Like it takes you, it doesn't just take you out of your comfort zone. It also takes you like 
you know, when you've done, you're doing a bunch of other stuff, like it, it's, it's going the extra mile because that's what Jesus did all the time. Um, mm. And he, and he was, you know, in relationship with people all the time. I, Nate, Nate, my, who is my husband, he has started. And I think this is maybe, maybe a little of what you're talking about. Um, there's an ice cream truck that comes to the school. Like our yeah. elementary school is around the corner from our church and our house. And it's super expensive. And so now this is not good for the ice cream truck guy, but my husband started every day bringing freeze pops and giving them out to everybody. Um, and he would just give them to all these kids as they're at the playground, like, you know, cutting freeze pops, cutting freeze pops. And then parents started to notice what he was doing. And rather than bring their own freeze pops, they started giving him money to go buy freeze pops or they would bring a box of freeze pops and hand them over to him and say, Hey, freeze these for when you bring them next time. <laughs> I, like I look at that and I think like, you know, here he is like for him, like his life is our kids and like being a stay at home dad. And so he's sat in that place, which happens to be like, there's not a lot of stay at home dads. So it is a little out of a place. Like it's a lot of, it's a lot of moms. It's a lot of people he wouldn't typically like do life with. Um, but I think he's making an impact there. And sure. I, I think, you know, that's, that's a, those people aren't coming to our church um, and they're young. They're not young adults, but they're young. A lot of, a lot of those people are young and he's, I think that's, I think that's hospitality, like yeah. outside of the church and outside of our home that we're never going to see here. Probably three quarters of those people aren't going to grace the doors of our church uh, unless there's some kind of relationship built. And so, yeah, I think it's, but it's, you know, it's, it's doing that. Are you going to look like the weird guy at the park with the, with the popsicles with kids? I don't know. Maybe that looks weird at first, but it is, it's an act of hospitality and we have to sit in those spaces. We have to take the time to sit in those spaces and, um, and specifically for young adults, we have to know where our young adults are, like where those spaces are for our young adults. Uh, and I think that requires, especially those of us that are older requires us getting outside of our heads and trying to figure out like, where that is and how do you how do you how do you stay in that place with them so yeah oh it's good look we're coming up on our on our hour here and i can keep talking with you forever but i want to honor your time you got stuff to do is this a work day for you or or are you taking you're taking time with me on your day off today to talk about ministry that's that's cool though because it's good it's it's energizing to me too so good i'm I'm glad i'm glad to hear that um let's let's wrap it up with just any you know any kind of summary thought you have on the couple chapters that you read i think we've gotten lots of different places the point isn't always like staying on the topic of the chapter in the book um just any any summary thoughts you have on on that and then i've got one other question for you too um i mean i guess just the number one thing that comes out at both of those two chapters is intentionality um and i i had i actually bolded in my notes uh you know if if like we have to be we have to be intentional about preparing for the unchurched guest, right? Like as a church, whatever that looks like, um, creating inviting spaces and not being so inward focused. Yeah. So I, I think it's I think this takes work. It takes work to be intentional. I don't think it takes lots of elaborate programs, but it does take intentionality. And intentionality means like we've got to step out of ourselves and like like really ask ourselves a question, like, what are we doing as a church? What are we doing as a church? Um, yeah. I, I think that in being a connecting place, I guess that was the other thing is that this idea of like, our goal, like, like our first goal, isn't that like somebody's going to come into our space and just believe like, 
off the bat. Like, I think that's going to be a process. Um, but that connecting point, there are so many things that we can do, but it takes intentionality. And it also, um, I would say too, like for those of us that have been walking with Christ and have been a part of the church for a long time, I think we have to ask our question, ask the question, are we really enthusiastic about like following Jesus and about the church being a place that like, you know, reaches unchurched people. Um, and I don't think we always are. Uh, and so that's like, my hope would be my hope. And my prayer is like the church would be a place that thrives on like being a place that is welcoming, that's, that is connecting, um, that we like, that we're just passionate about what we're doing and like being a space where everybody can find a place and belong. So, um, I just, it's relational. It's relational and intentionality are probably the two big things uh, yeah. I think that we have to focus on. So, yeah, Thank good you. stuff. I could talk all day about that. Cool. Well, I yeah. I will give you an opportunity to do that more often. <laughs> um, so, um, the other question I was thinking of is um, just any resources you've come across that might be helpful uh, that have been helpful for you in young adult ministry whether that's like a website or it's another book, if it's a podcast, if it's some conversation, um, you've talked about Fuller um, and just any, anything like that, a resource that comes to mind that you think might be helpful for other leaders to hear about. Yeah. I mean, most of in the last couple of years of my, like my work has been with Fuller. So that tends to be where I land. Um, their book growing young is really good. Right. I think, it is simple. I think it's, and I'm sure that's, I don't know if you ask this question all the time when you're on this, on this podcast, but um, it's simple and it's not like rocket science. I think it's tangible for any size church uh, to put into practice. Some of the things that they mention. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think uh, their work and they, they work with the Lilly foundation. So I think it's called the Lilly foundation, yep. um, but they've been, they've been gifted a lot of money and they've done the hard research of it. And, you know, I don't think we need to go on doing a bunch of research. Like there's stuff out there. We just sort of need to like get in the grind um, and do it. Uh, but I think that book for us, uh, that was one of the first things that we read and I think it's got a lot of good stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, it is good. Super good. Well, Andrea, thank you for taking time with me um, on, on Friday. And it's just, it's good to see you. It's good to share some life and space with, with you and um Thanks for being a, a friend. Hey, that's right back at you. And I, I said to you, I think before you started recording, you're like the most entre entrepreneurial, that's not even the word, but you're constantly looking at like just getting stuff done and trying new things. And I appreciate that because I think if the church is going to thrive and, and we're going to still be alive, I think we have to be people that are having these conversations and like, like risk taking and yeah. being able to say like, we we do not have all the answers. No. Nope. Um, and I feel like that's something that you do really well is just you're constantly learning and seeking and talking to people. Um, and I think really, honestly, like people, people come to Christ, like that's, it's going to take us doing that. So uh, we don't even come close to having all the answers and you just, you, you practice, you practice what you preach. So I appreciate that. Wow. Thank you. I received that encouragement today, my sister. Yeah. I'm glad. Awesome. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, close it out on our, on our Facebook live conversation. Let's just stay on here for, for a second and then we'll go on our merry way. Okay. Sounds good. All right. 
I think I'm just I'm just watching the Facebook Live to see. Yep, it has ended. So that'll hang out on my Facebook. Wow, we had three views. Awesome. Sweet. Um, and there was somebody on the on the Nazarene Young Adult one. That, where's that? There it is. That's that started doing some comments. So there was a share on oh, the share might have been me. I'm not sure. Uh, but there were seven comments. So I'll respond to him. Yeah. Did you know about that? That site? No, I just saw though that you, I think you uh, were trying to get onto one of our, our Facebook groups or whatever. Yes. It's probably non-existent. So, <laughs> you know, here's, here's what I did. Cause there's a few of those out there that, like the last time they were updated, not yours, yours was more recent, but the, there's some of them 2015, some of them, it's like time stood still as soon as the pandemic hit and it was like March, 2020 and was their last post and stuff, but, but they're still out there. So I'm just, I'm kind of shooting one out across the bow digitally, social media wise, just to say, Hey, there's somebody out here that's looking, that's paying attention that wants to connect. But Andrea, my, one of my secret agendas is not so secret is I'm creating these conversations locally here among Nazarene churches and I'm reaching out beyond Nazarene churches to learn from local churches in my area but I'm I'm um, inviting people on my district that are doing young adult stuff like I'm inviting them into a group yeah. text and then I'm hoping to like eventually every once in a while do just a conversation together where we check in and see how we're doing I'm doing it on my field That's I'm awesome. doing it with other I'm like I'm I'm doing I'm getting people from other fields that are gonna I'm, I'm still kind of building it out and making it scalable. It's very helter skelter, but I'm, I'm looking to have at least one person that I know that I can talk to on all 80 districts of USA, Canada, that's involved in young adult ministry and from them, other people that I can reach out to as well. But that's, that's what I'm angling at here. Um, and have I talked to you about the pathway for young adults that have, have I shared my Google docs with you? The one place in the Nazarene church that, young adults are built into our leadership structure are the elected or appointed positions on district and YI councils. Oh my gosh. And we can leverage it. Imagine if there were two on every council, that'd be 166 young adults that were repping wow. USA Canada. And it, to me, it seems like low hanging fruit, but every time I have this conversation with a district leader, um, they kind of look at me like, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> But it could be amazing. Well, so, and, yeah. Well, so I'm. I just. Uh, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out some of my life and my. Where what I'm going to focus on for the fall. So, um, this like being. I mean, it, you know, you you said I'm doing young. I've been doing young adult ministry, but I think now that it's part of, like, I have felt a little guilty doing some of what I've done when it's not been necessarily like the job I was hired for. Um, so I'm kind of thinking through like what that's going to look like for the fall, um, and wanting, wanting to create some connection points too, and, you know, think through some of, even take some of what we did. We were really like, I feel like we were really on a roll with the stuff that we did with the cohorts with Fuller. And then it like, I don't know, things hit the fan at our church for one. Um, and then, you know, everything we've been transition, transition, transition. So I kind of want to just like revisit a lot of that stuff. So, well, I, I, I'd love to keep like seriously, like checking in with you and see how awesome. things are going. I, what I'm trying to do as a local volunteer, young adult director, I don't know why I got to be a director, but that's what apparently they call me at my church. 
what's the lowest common denominator that's the most sustainable that even if I'm not there that they can keep doing that engages Sunday morning with young adults at some level um, and then connects young adults to each other. So yeah. I'd like to tease out some philosophy stuff with you that I'm kind of yeah. working on um, that I, I don't know if it's got if it's got like cross application in different contexts um, or or if it's it's specific to location. But yeah. yeah. Okay. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Tell Nate I said thanks. And you guys have an awesome day and, and uh, ear piercing and ice yeah, cream. Yeah, let's, let's hope it goes well. Or whatever. Yeah. It's really what she wanted. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome, my sister. We'll all talk right, to you thanks, soon. Thanks for being inclusive all the yeah. time. It means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Also, thank you for recommending the young adults that you have recently yeah, for welcome. me to follow up with. I haven't heard back from any of them, I don't think. I got to circle back on them. But I really appreciate you doing that. And man, you did that with Youth and Mission. You, I mean, you just. Partner, Anytime. Partner. Anytime. All right. We'll see you later. See ya. Bye.